till these set is finished We'll never stop, we'll never quit We'll never drop, till it's over with We'll never stop, we'll never quit We'll never drop, until these set is Good day everybody, good day, good day Hope everyone has had a good day Whether it's morning or throughout the day Hope your day is going blessed Hope everything is going well for you. From wake up in the morning to going to bed at night. Everything in between, blessed. And if you go through trials and tribulations throughout the day, I hope the best outcome came out for you. You are now tuned in to The Blue Book. Presented to you by Seabrook Ministries and hosted by your boy Blue. Today... Man, it's getting hot out here in Vegas. Man, I am. I tell you, doing my day job, and man, I'm about to go to shorts. It's getting hot out here. Um, and then it gets cloudy, and then it gets hot, and then it gets cloudy again, and then it rains, and it's hot again. I'm telling you, this town, this city of Las Vegas is is bipolar. I always says bipolar weather. They don't know what they want to do. And in any case, a blessed day blessed day whatever you've gone through when trouble hits problems hit stress hits we just give it to God we pray about it not in our control we move forward that's what we do okay hope anyone who's listening to this episode who has been affected by the coronavirus I hope you're doing well recovering those who have asymptomatic or symptoms of it. I hope you're quarantining properly. Uh, those who don't and are just trying to be protected. Hope you're out there doing essentials or working, either or, but essentials. Wearing your mask, glasses, gloves, hand sanitizers, whatever it may be, taking care of yourself and your family is what number one. In any event, today's message, knowledge, inspirational knowledge and gems, is going to come out of the book of James. Now, James is in the New Testament. Uh, James actually is a very small book in the New Testament. It's right after Hebrews, and it is on page, and amplified, on one four four three the letter of James okay if you have your Bibles if you however you read the Bible whether it's on your laptop desktop Android Apple iPad whatever device you may have or app you may have or you have the Bible right in front of you the good book either or Please turn with me to the book of James. And we're going to be reading James in chapter 5. Chapter 5. Yes, right at the tail end of James. And in any event, before we get into the Bible, we always pray that God 
articulates and illuminates our minds to what he is trying to say. So, if you're opened up, got your book open, got your app open, whatever it is, let's pray. Father, we ask you right now, Father, to open our minds to what you want us to know. When we read your word, that you, the Holy Spirit, come out in it and you translate what you're wanting to say to us in our minds, bodies, and souls. So we can comprehend the message that this message, this word, this episode, is trying to translate. Trying to get the point across. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in your way and in your word. We thank you for the opportunity to read the Bible. And we ask you to bless our message tonight, today, this morning, this evening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so we're in the book of James. We're in the fifth chapter. And we are going to talking about James 5.16. James 5.16. Okay. So what is 5... James 5.16 Well, this is what it means. James continues to encourage his readers to express their dependence on God. Depend on God. D-O-G. I know that's not, that, that spells a dog. I know there's a, years and years ago there used to be a promotion that the family books the store used to run called the D-O-G's. I even had a musical rap group called the D.O.G.'s called Disciples of God. Um, it was a pretty cool thing. Got a lot of people to listen. So on and so forth. You're depend on God. That's what it was actually meaning in the promotion they ran. Depend on God. They had a dog paw, the whole nine yards. Really cool little gimmick that they ran. But James in this particular scripture is, is continues to encourage readers, his readers to express their dependence on God. This is done by participating in prayer. Can't express prayer, how powerful prayer is. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, pray. That's the language of God, prayer. In previous verses, he has asked them to respond to Chol by praying to God. Pray to God. To respond to cheerfulness by singing songs of praise. Yeah, when you're happy and you're going good, nothing like a little juke. Praise God, praise God, praise, 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 praise God, praise Whatever it may be, that was kind of cheesy, but you get the point. When you are, whatever worship song, whatever song of praise, thanking God for whatever it may be, praise God in song. It sounds so pretty. It really does. And to respond to illness or spiritual weakness by calling for elders of a church to pray for them. Now this is where it's really important to have a church home. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian Christian um, of the faith, not religion, of the faith, um, it is always really good to have that type of stability in your walk. That you do have a church that you do go to or you have a covering of a church so that this can actually be um, an instrument of it. I know some evangelists um, have prayer hotlines and 
and so forth, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, don't, don't misunderstand me. There's wrong with that. It's just an extra help if you're part of a church and you can have those church members pray for you or with you. It's always a good thing. Uh, here in this verse 16, James writes that it should be common practice for Christians or Christians to confess our sins to each other and to pray for each other. Now that goes in along the lines of when you go to the altar or you ask someone you trust, whether it's a deacon, associate pastor, pastor, someone who have authority of church, they ask you, you know, would you like to pray for a certain particular issue, problem, family circumstance, financial, whatever it is, and there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody you have confidence in, that you trust, and say, hey, you know, this is the situation, this is what I'm going through, I don't want to get into real detail, because personal stuff, and only me and God know about that, but can you pray on this topic? Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, sharing information with a person that, that person comes together to in the more and we're in the midst. It's, really not, it's not really, a, you know, that big of, a, big of an issue. Um, so that we can be healed in that all goes into the two or more gathered, and then you usher in the Holy Spirit, which is what two or more gathered, he's in the midst, which is the Holy Spirit. And when you guys both are in agreement, you're praying about a certain particular thing, the Holy Spirit can do its thing. It's kind of like a force field around you when you're praying. Supernatural, can't see what you feel type deal, and it's supposed to help usher the gravity of that particular prayer. That's the mechanics of it. Is when you get when you when you when you connect when you hold the hands of believers like believers two or more are gathered, the Holy Spirit has the ability to be able to work inside that particular prayer. Whether it's two or more people, the more people, the, the, the stronger force, the bigger bubble, the bigger force field, the more the Holy Spirit can actually do a job or work in you. That's what that particular thing means. Okay. As in the previous verses, some Bible scholars read the word healed here as a, pre, as a reference to healing for physical illness. It's not just a physical illness that you're praying for. You can be praying for a number of things. It could be mental, supernatural, spiritual, physical, mental, uh, family, it could be anything. Um, Christian science, I believe it is, is very into just prayer, divine praying, divine healing, which it does, that, that there's an element of that in Christianity, that miraculous things can happen um, within a prayer or within the Holy Spirit doing its thing, that the whole, the whole thing of the Holy Spirit baptized, Holy Fire, you know, Holy Ghost, the whole nine yards. But when you take it to a scientific level, there, you're, you're heavily relying on the Holy Spirit. You're no longer a lot. You're, you're, you're relying on the Holy Spirit to scientifically back you up. And that is a spontaneous thing. That's not a scientific fact. Science is I can take two, two things together and put them together and it can make something happen. There's physical evidence of this happening. Now, a lot of what the Holy Spirit does is miraculous. That's why it's called a miracle. It's miraculous. So it's hard for someone to actually... Um, prove miraculous healing even doctors for many 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 years they go in they see a problem the problem is obviously right there in front of them and then they leave a miraculous healing happens they come back in and they can't explain it because it's not explainable it's miraculous so that that's where that comes from you, you can't really they, they think that you're talking about physical illness only but it's not that's definitely not the case 
Others understand it to mean healing from discouragement or spiritual and spiritual weakness. So there you go. That's the other half of it. One's half physical, one half spiritual. It really is just a, it's, it's the mechanics of, of, of it's the mechanics of, of miraculous. The, the, the miraculous mechanics of how the Holy Spirit really does what it does is divine. So you can't really put an Einstein problem to it. You can't equation it out because it's all from the Word of God. There's no mathematical numbers that can actually equal the book because the book is everlasting. When a physical problem is put in front of you, a scientific issue, you can diagram it and you get the cells, you get all the numbers and you can figure it out if you have the mind for it. This is the divine thing. It's a miraculous miracle. As the mechanics of the theological perspective is to be miraculous. There is no diagram for that. In any case, though, the healing requires two things from Christians. Prayer, divine prayer, and coming together. Very simple. It's, it's honestly very divine. Okay? We are both to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other. Well, that's just coming together and agreeing. That's all that really is. James offers no details about what his, what his should look like in practice. So he's not telling you how it looks. He's just telling you how to do it. As we, to stand before the church congregation and announce all of our sins from the prior week, that right there is just, it, that's, that is not a commandment, nor is it a requirement. That just depends on you and the situation. So there are times where you would actually see someone get called from the church and they want to do a church prayer. And they'll come up and they'll say, okay, my family member or my friend or whatever is, is asking for prayer for a particular situation, particular health problem, whatever. And we want everyone in the church to agree together. And they come up to the front and they actually say that. That's a different type of, of deal. That's a special request in, in real time. Most of the time when that happens, or that's what happens, it's a prayer wall, they write it on, prayer group is together to pray alone. They may ask for divine healing or divine divine intervention. That is in the service, I need everyone praying, it's a it's a it's a desperate need. So that's that, that's circumstantial really. Um that seems unlikely and more likely. That seems unlikely but more likely. That makes sense. James has it in mind the idea of Christians being in close relationship with several other Christians. That's just communion. All that is. It's coming together as like believers and worshiping and communing and being together as his children. It's all that really is. We need fellow believers with whom can be vulnerable. We need fellow believers with whom can be vulnerable. Basically, when we come together as a group of, of believers, we are taking in everybody, whatever your vulnerability, your strengths, your your, 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 your your talents, all that comes together into one and we can glorify God the same way. If there's a weak link somewhere in there who's vulnerable, we are as believers is to notice that and to godly, friendly, gently approach, ask that person questions that are comfortable, gauge it out, let God lead, and then they are able to open up if they should choose to and then you can pray for them that's all that is okay others understand it's it it to mean healing from discouragement okay so in other words 
we need we need fellow believers with whom are vulnerable in, in that setting each could acknowledge to the other what sins are most difficult for them and all could pray for them other to overcome their sins that's all that is it's communion that all that is is communion um it's, it seems likely in the modern world that very few Christians are practicing this in any specific way. Yes, we have a hard time even now, um, which is now even is even more difficult because we're you know theoretically supposed to stay at home, so it's all through the computers and technology. But to actually show a sense of a sense of communion and and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? compassion is hard to find in the church because everyone is on this just for me type of thought process I don't and don't misunderstand me I don't mean everyone literally I mean the the, the movement is so thick and only I matter I'll pray with you but I'm not really putting my all into it because it doesn't benefit me um, we're just too afraid to be that vulnerable what anyone is anyone is very 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 afraid to be vulnerable that's nothing new your vulnerabilities are are, are, are very obvious and people don't want to show that um, James command is for us as much as it is for our original readers the church would be far healthier if more of us prayed for each other and family love to overcome the Pacific sense course it be stronger why wouldn't it be? If the church communed more, this is the thing. This is the thing right here. This pandemic has shown how many there are of church goers who are addicted to church, not true church worshipers. Okay, people, do you guys go to church for the right reasons? Do you go because you want to come and commune with God with the music? Do you want to be learn like believers? Do you want to hear a message that can divinely change your life if God speaks to you the way he needs to speak to you and you listen the way he needs you to listen and to leave with a happier, more fulfilled feeling than you did when you walked in because the church is, is nothing more than a spiritual hospital. Is that what you're there for? Or are you just there because it's a ritual? Because Sunday is the off day and Sunday theoretically is church day. You gotta think about that for a second. There's a lot of church addicts and very few church worshipers. It, it's, it's amazing that this, this pandemic has brought that out in the church that people just put their money in because that's the thing to do. And they go to church because of attendance, and they don't do anything. They do. They show the signs. Ah, oh, praise. Ah, oh, this. Let me read the word. Okay, whatever. You walk out like a robot, and there's no divine intervention. There's. That's why we need a revival. A revival on all churches, and the only way you get a revival is through the Holy Spirit. And the only way you get through the Holy Spirit is through Pentecost. And that's when a lot of unorthodox Christians who believe in that, and I'm one of them, believe in divine intervention and the Pentecost, pray for that, do workshops with that, 
do crusades with that and the Holy Spirit just moves around freely. That's the biggest problem with the Holy Spirit with people is that it's very, very unpredictable. It'll do what it wants, when it wants, how it wants. And religion does not like that because religion is A, B, C, D, E. Holy Spirit, Pentecost, revival is whatever lands it lands and it's going to do whatever it wants. It's a freedom of faith. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. After all, James writes, Prayer works. God listens and responds. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective because God hears and takes action. Now don't let, don't let that mis, don't misunderstand what he's saying. No, no one is saying that if you're not a church-going, Bible-reading believer that God doesn't hear you. That's not the case. And I'll explain that in a second here. God hears everybody. It's not particular. The difference between a believer and a person who doesn't truly believe or have faith that, but is calling on God and needing to start is the emphasis. Okay? God hears everybody. Everybody's prayers. That one prayer goes unheard. It's kind of like Knowing what you're doing and not knowing what you're doing. God knows if, if you are not theologically in tune with the Bible, if you're not theologically in tune with his ways, if you do not have um, the, the the years or the experience in how to communicate with God or hear into your, into your God voice, many people say, I don't hear my God voice. Well, because you're not tuned into it. Well, how do you tune into it? It's something I can't explain. It's something divine. You have to listen for it. Most people like to refer to it theoretically as a conscience. But that conscience has never stirred you wrong. So for me, I hear him, he convicts me. I have a feeling on me of right and wrong. And that's what I guide my life on now. I tap into it. I am led by that. That may be or may not be for you. Whatever your God voice is, you gotta tune into it and listen to it. He will tell you but you have to be quiet and listen. And, uh, you know, that's the main thing with that. So it's not like he's not listening to you. It's just you have got to shut your mind down. Stop racing. Stop acting crazy. Shut it down and listen. Take more than two seconds and listen. You're throwing all kinds of things up to God, but God's trying to just sprinkle it back down to you, and you're not listening because your mind's going in like a typhoon. You're not slowing down. Beep, 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 beep does not compute. Gots to be computing. You've got to get on that page. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you. Things happen. Okay? So, what does the scripture say on James 5.16? Okay. Scripturally. It says, confess to one another, therefore, again, before I get into this, whatever version you have is fine. We're going to go down to some different versions and see if it says anything different. I'm out of the Amplified. It's worked for me. That's what I read out of. But once we're done reading it, we'll go through some other versions and see if they change, and we'll try to go through that. Okay? So, again, confess to one another, therefore, your fruit, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your confessions, offenses, and your sins. So anything you've done against God, pretty much. 
and pray also for one another. You know, pray for each other. I pray for you, pray for me. You can do it whether we're in the same place or not or far away. You're still doing it. That you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Tones up. Prayer is like a physical for the spirit. It tones you up. You can't, t you can't tell God enough, that's for sure. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its work. Again, we're talking about the emphasis on your knowledge. That's what God says, study yourself, study yourself to show, study to show yourself approved. Because that's what it is. You've got to be in tune. There is a mechanism here. There is a mechanism in the Bible. There is a mechanism that once you tune into it, you're going to be on it. Okay? And it's different for everybody. It's not the same for everybody. That's the funny thing about it. Okay? So let's see what let's see what other what we're going here. I don't know what's saying different different here. Alright. So young liberal, uh, literal translation says, be confessing to one another the trespasses, sins, misfortunes, or whatever the case may be, and be praying for one another, and ye be healed. Very strong and in working supplication of a righteous man. Same idea. Same idea. Supplication. All that is, is the same thing as a righteous man's works, or dynamic power. Supplication. That's all that is. Right to a righteous man, which is a man who follows the Lord. Okay, here's a long one. That's what this one says. The White Cliff. It says, Therefore, acknowledge ye each to other's sins, and pray ye each for another that ye be saved. Therefore, acknowledge ye one to another of your sins, and pray ye for one another. The same, same thing. For the conditional or continual prayer of a just man is much worth. So basically, he's saying, confess to each other if you have someone in front of you who is. It's always good, more powerful to have someone who has more, uh, more of the mechanism, in it, more of the of the theological perspective in it, because that person knows how to reach faster to God, or not faster, much more elegantly, much more um, in tune to Him. That's what I say when you when you're a member of a church, go to a deacon, go to a, 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 a associate pastor, whatever the case may be, because that person can divinely help you more. Okay, not saying it's it, it's exact, but that's that that's the that's the ideal of it. Okay. Here we go. Another one. This is the, the white mouth, the wine mouth New Testament. Therefore, confess your sins in one another and pray for one another, so that you may be cured. Using the word cured, probably what that's probably referring to as if you pray for it, it removes itself from your spiritual being. You tell it to be gone, it has to leave. Now, if you know that, you can continue praying on that, and you continually be removed from that. That might, that might be where he's coming from. The heartfelt supplication, again, of a righteous man exerts a mighty influence. Again, influence or uh, mechanism or a dynamic at work. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, this one from the World English Bible, I, I just like, like the last line here. The effective, earnest prayer of a righteous man is powerfully effective. See how you use that? The effective, earnest prayer.
prayer of a righteous man is powerfully effective. Effective, earnest prayer is powerfully effective. Good play on words there. Let's see here. Hmm. Most of them are now down the same lines. Okay. Here we go. Revised Standard Version. Top, the first part of the verse is the same, but the prayer of a righteous man has a great power in its effects. There you go. The right, the prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Results. Visual differences. Spiritual differences. Effects. Okay. Most of them, again. I'm going down of them, not reading much all of them because they all pretty much are the same thing. Here we go, New Living Translation. First part of it is still the same thing, you know. Second, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. One's effects, one's results. Is it the same thing? Well, the end game is the effects are what happens when you when you pray or do something and it shows a difference. It brings a different type of look to it. Results is basically what, what happens at the end, too. Um, the effectual results results is showing the, the difference. So, yes, pretty much. Um, there we go. So, again, top line, same thing. Bottom line, the prayer of a godly person is powerful. It makes things happen. Effects, results, happen. Effective results happen. Perfect. It's just a wonderful thing. So, mm, here we go. The Message Bible, like this one. This is this one. This one's a pretty good translation. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to one to each other and pray for each other, so that you may you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a, of a person living right with God is power, is something powerful to be reckoned with. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes. Same idea. Did you hear that? The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to reckon with. So it is singling out, changing the dynamic of it by saying that if you are right with God and you know what you're doing and you're reading, of course you can be powerful. Goodness gracious, of course you can be powerful. Something we reckon with. Mm -hmm. I understand this so much. Powerfully effective. Okay, English Standard Version. Same top line, bottom line. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Working. Same thing. Producing results. Effects. Working. All motion. In name. It really boils down to that. And the beautiful thing about it is eat. Okay, here we go. Another one. Same top line again, bottom line, this is the common English Bible. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful in what it can achieve. Now it's using the word achieve, like results, achieve. Because everything you do is not going to be just to just leave things where they were, it's to make things better. Achievement, an advance. Very nice. Very nice. And that's it. So that's what this translation talks about. So let's go back to the Amplified and read it one more time. 
confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to the spiritual, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in the works and working. Just a beautiful, beautiful time. So, in review, what are we reviewing here? What was causing fights and quarrels among the Christians to whom James was writing? It must have been an issue to be able to write all that. They were living by the world's wisdom. Well, we know that's flawed. This false perspective says human beings should do whatever it takes to get what they want in this life. Well, that's obviously what it sounds like is happening today. Even if it hurts other people. There you go, see? James says that to live that way is adultery. Well, what is adultery? Obviously, it's being unfaithful to the one you love or the one you're with. So if you're committing adultery on the Lord, that means you're doing the exact opposite and loving something that's not Him, which is obviously the loves of the world. Pretty good, pretty good. But God also gives God grace. But all, but God gives grace. God which is the Christ's expense, grace. God's how much you're in the world, He still gives grace. Powerful stuff. Christians should repent and move close to God again. That's the that's the evidence of a backslider. If you fall short of God and you and you need to give back, He gives you the grace to come back to Him and ask Him for forgiveness and call, call and go on with your life. We should trust Him to provide, to be the judge, and to lift us up in His time. In humility, we must acknowledge that all our plans are dependent on Him, and He can change them at any moment. Any moment, unbelievable. So, our plans are not his plans. He has grace. If you fall short, come back to him. And just remember, trust in him. Awesome word. Awesome message. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Fantastic message tonight. Um, again, the blue book is definitely all about inspirational messages, knowledge, and gems of daily life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for a fantastic word, a fantastic message. Um, let this message resonate and, and, and be transparent to all that has read and have followed along with us in this message. Um, your knowledge is impeccable, and we just strive daily to have a piece of it and to understand what you're wanting us to understand in everything you say. We ask you to lead, guide us, and direct us in our lives after this, what it may be. And Father, we thank you for the message today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, I'm glad you guys stopped by. I'm glad you guys came to listen in on what's going on today. It's been a very good message once again. You can read it for yourself, James 5, 16. Very good scripture, very interesting. And definitely stay protected out there. Um, do what you need to do, but remember, God is bigger than this virus. Keep it inside and live a full life outside. In any case, I wish everyone well. I hope everyone is enjoying their time at home and doing the, mess, boast of, boast the most of what they can. Always remember, fear God. 
follow Jesus and let the Holy Spirit flow. Until next time. Until next time. And until next time. Jesus. Strong. Yeah, right?